Check. We good? Rolling. Okay. Welcome to episode 57 of the Clarity Compressed Podcast. My name is Paul J. Daly. It is Monday morning. It's Tuesday when you're listening to this, if you're subscribed, but it's Monday morning and we're outside and I met one of the most interesting dealers last week and I'm gonna bring him to you this week. Clarity can only really exist in the light of truth. Branding just isn't a tactic. It's a lifestyle change. So I'm in the middle of a book release and been working on this book called The Automotive Manifesto and my central thesis to the book is connection. And it's geared toward automotive dealers. That was weird. That was weird. That's okay. It's geared toward automotive dealers, but really, if you take away some of the automotive specific stuff, it's actually just geared towards retailers. It's geared toward B2C. And you could actually take it another level and say it's just geared toward people. And the central thesis is connection. And today, my guest Peter Cooper is one of the best, most, I don't know, maybe we'll call him eccentric. He would say he's not rich enough to be eccentric. He's crazy. But I would call him eccentric. And the central thesis that he has in the way he's built his auto dealers, in the way he can connects with his family, is this element of just human connection. And that has to do with a koi pond in his Lexus dealership, as you'll see. It has to do with the fact that he buys and sells custom Nikes with his son as a way to connect. And if you're not in the sneaker game, let me tell you, he's got this sneaker layer, which we shot the video from, and uh, it's just honestly pretty impressive. But this central, this central piece of connection has to do with people want to feel understood. And he's got this interesting thesis, and I would agree with it. We've been saying for a long time that people's most valuable asset is their time, but actually it's the emotional energy that is taken when they give their time. So when we think through uh, a personal relationship or when we think through a retail experience, whether it's online or in person, and the friction that's created just naturally when we buy and sell, when we think about those things, it's not necessarily the time, but it's what the time represents. Because we've all had those uh, scenarios where it feels like time just flew by, right? So was it that we were consciously spending more time? No, it's just that it wasn't draining our emotional energy, but instead, it was replenishing our emotional energy. That's why bad situations seem to last forever. Why? Because it's draining our emotional energy. So as we approach retail and relationships and interpersonal things within our business, I think the question really should be is, are we replenishing emotional energy or are we draining emotional energy? And those things really will dictate that person's perception of time. So I'm excited to share this interview with you. Peter Cooper, one of the most interesting people I've met in the last year, and I think you're gonna find that too. He's one of the most accessible people, and he actually gives us his cell phone number. So you can't beat that. Hope you enjoy the interview with Peter Cooper. You may not realize it, but we're in the lair of Peter Cooper, who may or may not be Iron Man. We kind of have this bet going that it comes from your bracelets. But Peter Cooper is a car dealer, but if he heard me describe him as a car dealer, he'd push back really hard. And um, I think that he'll bring a lot of context to the community that watches this podcast. It's entrepreneurial, that it focuses on what consumer attention is doing, which focuses on what branding is doing, and... If you're a car dealer, I think you'll get some specific insight um, from Peter. So, if thanks you're a car for dealer, you're probably not listening to a podcast because you don't have the brains to do it. So, that's not true. <laughs> 
and he <laughs> says that because he is one. You're going to offend half of our audience. But I hope like, so. Like he hopes so. So um, you might be wondering why we're in this room in front of you know a lot of Nike. So I'll let you start there. Well, first of all, thank you for giving some time to me and to Clarity Compressed audience. So first of all, I'm, I'm honored that you asked me to, to join you today. Second of all, that you came all the way down here to see you know see our dealership and what we do. Um, and the room that we're in is called the Soul Room. Um, and the Soul Soul Room has a double in, innuendo. Um, I think every business has a soul. Um, and that's really what we've tried to focus on for the last 30 years is what's the soul of our business? How do we convey that to our customers and to our employees? Um, the second part is I'm a sneakerhead. Um, and I love to wear sneakers and collect sneakers and buy sneakers. And um, So right there, just by saying I'm a sneakerhead, I'm guessing that 50% of our audience thinks it might just be you like sneakers and the other 50% is just like, oh, I know what kind of game you're playing. So what? Explain a little bit of sneaker culture today, and wow. just just a little bit, okay. like why you have sneakers, why they have value, like in the marketplace. What's what is sneaker culture? So sneaker culture is um, a way with with a subculture, mm-hmm. um, and it's a way where people gain different credibility based upon the sneakers that they wear and how how difficult or. Uh, hard they are to come by what's it like to supply try and, get and demand them. right supply and demand to tell people what you can't have it and they're going to want it yep um it's certainly a way for um people who may not have a job for them to you know earn some extra money they go out and wait in line to or try and buy some sneakers so, online and resell them if you don't know there's a marketplace for sneakers that you probably didn't know about What's the marketplace? So there's there's many multiple marketplaces, but the biggest one that you online is uh, a company called StockX. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really we'll like link a, it up if you're just curious. You have yeah, to check it out. Got, you got to check it's it. Blow your mind for sure. And it's it's really like a stock market. Mm-hmm. That, you know, buy and sell sneakers. And so this is. So this mm-hmm. is you know this is just yours. I think if you know around the room there's probably about 450 pair of sneakers here. Mm-hmm. Upstairs probably another 300 pair of sneakers. Um, and it started out just as a way for me to connect with my son when he was 12 years old. Um, and it just became something that we could, we could relate to. Um, and then it became a bigger, bigger thing in culture. And one of the things that, you know, that is extended for, for me is that um, today everybody's talking about influencers mm-hmm. um, and, and, and how do we influence. And I look at the retail automobile business. Everybody's trying to figure out well, how do I get into social, you know, social media and how do we attract a specific demographic and usually a dealer or the manufacturer will try and influence the buyer or the demographic that they want but they don't realize that the influencer is not exactly who they want but it's probably their kids you know it used to be when i was a kid if i wanted to consume something i went to my parents and said you know hey what do you think right today because there's so much technology involved in cars you know, I don't know a lot about technology. I go to my kids and say, so hey, what do you think? hey, what do you think? So people come into our store with their kids and they see me wearing like, you know, a pair of off-whites or, you know. You have pair, to look it up. Yeah, pair, <laughs> pair of Pharrell's or, you know. people's Kids just go absolutely crazy for that. And it's all of a sudden we become like, wow, this is like a really cool place to do business. Yeah. Um, You're a culture maker now. Yeah, right? so it's, and, we, and people can identify mm-hmm. with it. And more times than not, you know, if the kid's really into it, we'll say, you know, I'll say, what size are you? And if they're my size, they're going to end up with sneakers. Right off your feet. And right off my feet. And the reality is you used to give people a shirt off your back and get sneakers off my feet. Mm-hmm. And it really makes it impossible for people to go somewhere else to buy a car. Because mm-hmm. the kids won't let them go. Mm-hmm. So 
I think that's just really a small example. And as I've gotten to know you a little bit, I realize that like, I think like most great business people, you understand and pay attention to people and behavior nonstop. You're always observing why. There's like a sociological element to it. I have it in the sense that I'm, I love communication and branding because really at the core of it is like, how do people think? How do they feel? Right? right? How do they connect? Talking right. about connect. We talked right. a lot about connection today and I think right. it's core. How do you see the desire of, and we'll talk car industry for a second, um, but I do think it applies to retail. Like talking about like, you can't think like a car guy. You have to think like a retail guy. So how do you think connection plays into the modern retail environment? And you know you can tie it back to the auto industry if, if you want. Well, I think I think it's I think it's very fundamental that you know we have a tendency to overcomplicate things or make things very narrow. When you say we, what do you mean? We we as we as people who are entrepreneurs, people yep. people who are in business, we make things complicated, um, and think that there's some great mysteries to things or some things that are very unique to our, our industries, whatever they they are. But I think the fundamental thing is I've shared with you. Uh, a multitude of times, I think the human's basic um, greatest desire is to connect. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and, and that connection, the only way we can really connect is the step before that, is we all want to feel understood. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at our business, we really don't look at it and focus on, on automobiles. We look at it and say, okay, who do I work for? That's the consumer. What's their greatest desire? It's to be understood. Mm-hmm. And certainly in buying a car, you know, historically there's been just an enormous amount of, of, of pain points of friction. And I look at it and say, well, if we live in a world that's point and click and I've got a business that's just full of friction, I don't have a business that's sustainable if we don't focus on how do we remove that friction. It's pretty logical progression. Well, I think in, in, it's not in, common, but it's logical. It's a logical progression, and I think you know what what you brought up before. This is not unique. I mean, people say I'm in the car business. If I think that, then that's all I'm ever going to be. Mm-hmm. But I'm really in the human. I'm I'm in the human interaction business, mm-hmm. and whether it's our employees or it's um, our customers, I think everybody really just wants to feel understood. Yeah, and we do that. We're going to win every time. Yeah, and how? Why do you think that the car business specifically? Why do you think it, it's very difficult to connect those dots? And when you look at the advertising and the marketing, you know, the amount of yelling going on, the amount of churning and burning, the amount of disconnect, like asking the customer to do things that we see everywhere else that it's obvious they don't want to do, but we're still asking them to do it. Why do you think the car industry specifically seems to be slow on the uptake when it comes well, to Well, I, th- I think that the, the, the simple answer is there's no alternative. You know, it hasn't been an alternative until the last couple of years. Is to in the car business, like car no business. one's seen another way. There's there's no there's no other way to consume or buy a car. Yep. Um, but if we look at it, you know, the, the numbers are in the billions of dollars of people who are coming into the marketplace to say we know consumers are having a horrible buying experience. Yep. I mean, the data the la- shows. The last time I looked at the data, it's eighty five percent of the yeah. you know the consumers hate the yep. car buying experience. And everybody has that data. Everybody's got that. Every data. dealer knows this. Everybody, everybody knows it, but says you know they're making record profits because you know we were an economy for many years that's been on, on very an up, favorable uh, yeah. up, uptick, um, and there's been no alternative. Mm-hmm. There's no other way. So mm-hmm. the consumers just had to put up with it. Well, you know, there's people sitting on the sidelines. And there's mm-hmm. you know some companies have raised some big money mm-hmm. to try and get into just focusing solely not on manufacturing, not on service, but how do we create a better buying experience mm-hmm. for the consumer. And the thing that scares me is that if, you know, most dealers don't 
you know, realize they, they no longer have a model that's a sustainable model. You know, consumers don't want to do this. I mean, there's, you know. So do you think most dealers don't know it or most dealers don't want to acknowledge it? It's a difference. And I'm wondering what your opinion is. I have my opinion. What's yours? Um, I think most dealers, um, if they're honest with themselves, they, they, they know it. Like they feel it. They, they, yeah, there's something going on in the air, yeah. but, but there's a paralysis of I've done something for so long a certain way, they wouldn't even know where to begin to look at say, how do I do other than? Right. And it's really tough too, like you said, when, when you're making bank. You're selling cars. There's growth. There's been growth, right? We're starting to see signs that maybe it won't continue to grow. But it's hard, even if you feel it, the numbers aren't really telling that story right now. And, and the auto industry is very now kind of business. Do you think that plays into it? The fact that they might feel it, but it's easy to ignore when things are good? Um, you know, I think, I think um, bad, time, bad, bad times make for good habits. Yeah. And good times make for bad habits. There you go. And, and, and we That's just a been really good way. We just that. been good times for so long. Bad habits. And even and even even when we've gone through bad times, yep. Um, we've, we've we've all survived them. Come out the other side. I think that the difference now is when we come out the other side of the next bad times, the consumer is going to be totally different. And then most most retail. So you're saying we just let me so I can clarify. You say when we go into the next downturn, which eventually happens, we go into it, and then when we come out of it again the consumer is like fundamentally going to look different. Well, and that didn't happen in 08. That didn't happen in 08. It's never happened in the history. Because technology of- didn't progress. Correct. Like it's just starting to be what it is today. It was very different 10 years ago. Well, I think, I think what most dealers don't realize is that it's very different than it was 18 months ago. That the velocity of change is Ch- change is happening. Change is happening so quickly. And for all, for all human beings, it's very difficult to change. But when you realize that you know, our next wave mm-hmm. of real consumers mm-hmm. are, are, are people who've lived in a world mm-hmm. of consistent and constant change. So you know, this, is a play, this is an industry where I would say as an industry, we have not kept up with the consumer. Yep. So the workplace hasn't kept up, maybe a lot of places with the worker. Mm-hmm. Government hasn't kept up with its constituency. We clearly have not kept so up with our consumer. So you're saying as an industry, we're, we're just trying to play catch up anyway. I, I would like to say we've 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 thought about catching up. I, I think at times are still so good. We're not for even trying us. to play it. Yet. We're, not, we're not even we're not even interested. We know it's a game, right? Yeah, out there. And we know, and, and we've gotten through it before. You mm-hmm. know, we're we're entrepreneurs, serial entrepreneurs. We'll figure it out yep. when the, when the time comes. Yep. But what's the carnage going to look like? Oh, it's going to be horrible. So you've decided to do things differently. Not now, but you, your store is different. The way you dress. This is how Peter dresses. Like if you haven't noticed, it's not suit and tie it's how he's comfortable he feels like he would tell you stories and i've heard a hundred stories of the variety of people that have walked through these doors and that aren't suit and tie people which traditionally lexus would really typecast their owners and want to project this image of like hey this is the experience you come in and you're in a suit and tie and then we greet you in a suit and tie and everybody's comfortable and happy so tell me about some of the different things that you've done in your with your brand right within the lexus brand over the last you know few years, well, I think that you know met- metaphorically, uh, well, all that we did was we we opened our eyes and we listened, mm-hmm. and we opened our eyes to the world that's going on all around us, and we listened to our consumers, mm-hmm. um, and saw where, where they were struggling, and you know started to just you know when you talk about my my dress, I started to look at well how do people come in to buy a car today, 
So it's really kind of like practical. It's practical. I mean, you know, people come in and whether they're wearing, women are wearing their Lululemon or guys come in in, you know, sweatpants yep. or jeans. Um, Nikes. You, yeah. Nikes or Adidas, you know, some Solomons. I mean, it can go off in your know, vans. I mean, oh, it's, it's just flexing just, now. It's just, no, no, no. no I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, was, that was for your boy, Gary Vee. I wouldn't wear a pair of vans if he gave them to me, but that's a whole, that's a whole different story. Um, but we just started to pay attention and, you know, to realize that, um, that for years I've built this business and why did I build this business? I wanted to have a business that was something that I could leave an asset to my family. Mm. And when I realized that 85% of the consumers hate the buying experience, I realized pretty quickly I was leaving my family a liability. That's a, that's an interesting way. And I think that there are a lot of family owned dealerships. I know there are, and some watch the program and f- I think everyone wants to feel like I'm leaving my kids an asset. Whoever wants to think that they're going to leave their kids a liability, that's an interesting perspective. So well, why would you be leaving them a liability? I'd be leaving them a liability because if 85% of my consumers don't want to do business with me, that number is not going to get better if I do, don't do something about changing that. And you'd be relying on them to figure it out. I'd be relying on them when I've done it you know, for most of my adult life, and they're just going to either try and hire somebody to come in to fill my void yep. or have a family member that's just followed whatever I've done yep. you know for the last 20 you know however long they've been in the business instead of saying okay wh- how's the world functioning mm-hmm. versus how does a car dealership function mm. um, and it's just you know it's like I, I say the term car dealership and it's just like I cringe when I when I say it because it's just it doesn't constitute warm and fuzzy for most people mm-hmm. what do you think is the next closest industry that is struggling with similar similar things, um, or 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 one that you feel like has overcome a similar challenge. Well, I think I think I think they're two very uniquely different questions. I think uh, there's a lot of industries that have overcome major obstacles. The scariest thing is that when you look at, and it's it's just too much of a buzzword, but it's it's very practical. Is this term disruption? Mm-hmm. You know, people would look at the retail automobile business and say, "Okay, you're ripe for disruption." The money that's come into it says, "We want to disrupt you." Right. Um, and the scary part is that in all the disruptions happened societally, none of the disruption has ever occurred from within. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's the big you know. Right, uh, you'd be like the best company if you can disrupt yourself. Yeah, but it just it, doesn't happen. It, it doesn't I mean, there happen. are examples out there, but and, and I'm so, typically. And I'm, and I'm so passionate about it because, you know, I, I, I've grown up in this industry and it's been great to me and my family, and I want to see it sustained for many, many more families. I mean, the easiest thing in the world is to say, okay, got a great business, makes mm-hmm. money, go sell the thing, but yep. I'm having too much fun. Um, I'm having too much fun because we're learning. Well, I, I think you just you just think about your life, and again, we're, we're thinking about it in terms of vehicles and cars, but if you think about, you know, what do you, do, what do you keep going back and doing in, in life, it's or it's the only things you enjoy doing. Absolutely. Um, so we we've made this so difficult and, and taken such advantage of the consumers. I mean, who wants to buy a car? I mean, it's like you know, who wants to get their car serviced? I mean, it's got to be right up there with going to the dentist. Again, it's just really being just in touch with where you know. If you think about it, when you were a kid and you you went to dentist, they didn't have TVs. No, it was terrible. You know, so it's just how do you be in touch? You know, with the consumer and mm-hmm. give them really a better experience. Right. And a better experience creates a better product. Give them a better product, the profits are going to follow. And that's, I think, universal advice for any business. Any business, not the car business. Right? It's the time, not the time. You're saying it's the emotional energy that is either depleted or filled 
right? When you're investing or spending that time somewhere. So I think I think I shared this. It used to be if you had a good product, that was enough to be successful in yep. business. Then then it moved, pivoted a little bit towards if you could market the product well, you know, you would be successful. Today, I believe if you have a big a big enough heart. And you really take the time to get your customers. Mm-hmm. You're going to win every time. I, I agree with that. It's like it's like the new currency. It's it. That's all there is. So, um, as we wrap up, you have a really unique feature in your store that is probably unique. I think probably to any dealership in the country. Besides me. Besides you, I don't know if that's a feature. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll okay. let everyone else decide. Depends on who you ask. Um, yeah, that's a unique feature. But you have uh, was it 21 or 22,000 gallon koi pond that you literally have to walk across on a glass bridge before you even get inside the sales the sales area the store in general why that thing right there it's amazing by the way we'll try to grab some b-roll so we can show show the people so so i i I would like to tell you that was like really bright and i said you know this is tell me that this this is a great idea It, it, it really just stemmed from when i was a kid my father had a lincoln mercury dealership there was a little fish pond in it the architect said to me you know is there any elements you want to incorporate in the building you're building this yeah i said let's put a fish pond you know let's put a fish pond in and next thing i know it comes back with these drawings and there's you know twenty two thousand gallon you know uh so so i purchased a swimming pool oh yeah um somebody actually went swimming in it once yeah exactly i heard that yeah that was classic (laughs) but um but but what but what a byproduct is, and mm-hmm. I think that, that that's the other thing is is how do we learn from the byproducts, the you know, unintentional consequences? Mm-hmm. You know, the unintentional consequences of people come in to a dealership. One of the reasons they don't want to come in to a dealership is it's a miserable experience. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're tr- uneasy. They're uneasy, and they Pensive. feel they're going to be taken advantage of. So it's why you know online shopping has become so so big. You know, no friction. No I can friction. Click out of it whenever I want. No, right. I, I can end. I can walk away. But, yeah. but the other side of it is, if you look at most online, and I include ours in mm-hmm. that, um, it's it's still there's still a lot of friction points. It's yeah. Still not. It's still not yeah. fun. It's still not easy. Yep. But you know, when you walk in the dealership, you, you put your bar, body armor on, even if you have shopped online. And what happens is people walking through doors and they look at this glass bridge and they say, well, you know, they look at can I step on this? Right. And, and they're spending the time getting over the bridge, look at the fish, and you know. And they're just thinking about everything but buying a car. Yep. So we just sort of disarm them a little oh, bit. Amazing. But it was not. An, I would like to tell them not bright, and I planned that. Yes. Yeah. Not 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 the case. So they walk through the other doors and they enter the showroom, and all of a sudden they're well. The, the little armor fell off. Yeah. They, they had a little bit. Yeah. A little bit dropped down. Yeah. A little bit dropped down. So yeah. it's um, you know, we feel very blessed. You know that 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 it's worked for us. Well, um, thank you again thank, for thank giving you. us time. I think we'll have to follow up, and there's going to be a lot of things. That, that there are going to be to talk about in the next 12 months. So I have to have you back. I have a feeling with you, if I put a thousand dealers in a room, there'd probably still only be one Peter Cooper. Thank so, you. I, I take that as a compliment. That is. And, you know, and, and I think that, you know, as we talk about it, as you know, we go out, you know, we're, we're competitive. Yep. Um, and we're, we're not going out, you know, we, we want to we do, we want to do, um, we want to do well and we want to do good. Yeah. And I think if you, you just focus on those and whether it's our customers or it's employees, it's both the same level of, uh, of care and concern. Yep. Um, you know, we're going to win and we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. If, if dealers want to reach out and just pick your brain or ask some questions, what's the best way for them to do that? Pick up the phone. Okay. My, my, my cell number is 610-360-6600. There you go. We'll link it up. Call okay. or text. Cool, man. Thanks. So what do you think? Did I overpromise? And if you are just listening to the podcast, you have to watch it. 
you have to just check him out because his vibe is unlike anyone else. He sounds, he sounds just like he looks. Laid back, very real, very upfront. And so the takeaway from that, think again, back to the beginning of the podcast when I said, ask yourself the question, am I doing things that when I spend people's time, when they pay me attention, Am I replenishing their emotional energy or am I taking and spending their emotional energy? Am I drawing from it? Because if that's the case, no one wants to pay attention from me any pay attention to me anymore. Uh, so that's it for this week, episode 57 in the can. I hope you'll connect with us on social media. I do a lot of stuff on Instagram, doing a lot on LinkedIn for the business and professional world. Just want to tell you, we have a book coming out soon, The Automotive Manifesto. We're going to start leaking some content from it, so be on the lookout from that. You can go uh, to the site and sign up for that as well. And uh, I hope you have a great day, a great week. And remember, ask yourself the question in every interaction, am I replenishing emotional intelligence? Ask yourself the question, am I replenishing someone's emotional energy or am I drawing from it? And I think that'll be a great starting point. Have an awesome week.